On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we will review the weekend in boxing, some heavyweight fights that Chris was at calling. I broke a little news in the lightweight division, and we will open up the mailbag. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. It is a product of John Boy Media. I am one half of this show, Dan Canobio, alongside every single week, the former world champ, Chris Algieri, current broadcaster, ESPN. He was up at Turning Stone uh, this weekend in New York, uh, upstate New York, for the ESPN yeah, card. So how are you feeling, Chris? You're back in Florida, out of the cold. Saw some heavyweight action. Tell us about your travels. Not so much out of the cold. It's pretty cold here. I, mean, I don't want to hear. Wear, it. I had to wear, wear a hoodie on my run this morning. It's you know wool hat. But I don't want to hear it, man. But how are the travels? Yeah. Uh, it was rough. You know, it, it, the fights ended up pretty late on the East Coast. So you know, it was like 12, 12, 15 by the time we wrapped, and then I had uh, had my shuttle to the airport about four a.m. on Sunday morning, and it was fourteen degrees Ooh. in Syracuse. Fourteen degrees. Uh, I don't know what it was with the wind chill. Probably close to negative, but uh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough Sunday, rough Sunday of travel, but I'm feeling good now. I got some good sleep. Well, yeah, I told you that when I when my text was like, this is the side of showbiz that they don't tell you about. Like, it's great calling yeah. fights under those lights, and you're wearing a nice mm -hmm. suit, and, you know, you're best, the seat, best in the house. seat in the house, and you get to talk about your opinions and analysis. It's it's the travel that, that really gets to you. But There's a lot of rigmarole, man. I mean, fighter meetings are four or five hours long. You know, people yeah. don't realize that. And then also being on air for four to six hours straight is taxing in, in a different way than, you know, a workout or physical. Yeah, mentally. It, you know, it, we're fighting there, too. Yeah. Uh, you're on the call for, for the whole card. I know, like, uh, ESPN, they only, on the regular ESPN, they only showed the, the two fights, the, the two heavyweight fights. Uh, they showed a bunch on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, but, yeah, you're doing, like, ten fights in one night. Yeah, we got we got long nights, a lot of uh, a lot of interviews, a lot of talking, a lot of talking, a lot, a lot, a lot of time to fill. I've done play by play for MMA, like local stuff on Long Island, fifteen fights in one night. Like it's 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 a marathon, and like by the the end yeah. of it, you feel like you went through like a like a throbbing headache, like cause you're just thinking about what oh, you're you gonna should... say next. You should see our table. It looks like a like a triathlete's like <laughs> water, electrolytes, pedialyte, <laughs> gummy bears, and pretzels, and things that don't you know stay in your mouth too long. You eat them, get quick energy, coffee, yep. water, right back to work. Yeah, so let's get into this. Um, the fights this weekend wasn't the uh, most the the most talked about um, card, uh, but it was a heavyweight uh, double header over on uh, ESPN, and you had FA Jogba. <laughs> Um, outpointing Stefan Shaw in the main event, um, a jab fest broke out in a heavyweight uh, fight. Uh, both fighters really needed it um, to move on to the next level. Stefan Shaw came up short. Uh, I was worried about this to, uh, in the lead up to the fight. He's someone that doesn't really put combinations together, has a good jab and has very sound technique. But I feel like he's going to kick himself or he's going to be kicking himself now because the fight was there for him to win. But Ajagba just had a better jab that night and had a few more power shots landed. It was a close fight. Uh, but Ajagba comes on top and now he moves on to the next level and heavyweight division. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I agree uh, exactly what you said. I had the same scorecard as the judges, 96-94 for Ajagba. And the only reason that Ajagba won the fight is because he actually made the fight happen. Yeah. Shaw was, in the last five rounds, I gave 
them all to Ajagbe. I had it at the first four, first five, I had uh, Shaw up four by four. Uh, he had one four, four of the five, first five rounds. And then the last five, he did absolutely nothing. Put no punches together, no combinations. You, you know, you said he, he's not a combination puncher. He actually is. In fights where he's dominating lesser guys, he's ripping combinations that are very, very nice. He did not throw a single combination that night. And he, he's going to be kicking himself in the ass all week and from probably weeks and months at a time looking back at that fight. Yeah, he was a guy that was looking for that opportunity, right? Like, I, that was I, it. I was covered a lot of his fights coming up, and he was always like, "Man, no, I'm just, I just haven't got a shot. I never get my shot." That was a shot. They call him Big Shot, and that's his his nickname. And he he came up just short. And you know, they were talking about it's, if it's he, a shame because he's talented. He's yeah, talented, but he's if if that's your shot and that's the performance you give, you're not getting another shot. Very frustrating uh, from his side. Fa Jagwa. Let me start with FA Drive, but like he looks the part. The guy looks like a menacing heavyweight. You know, he should put everything together, but a lot of a lot of jabbing, which is fine, will probably win you keep you in fights, but just doesn't have that like killer instinct that you're gonna need to take off like the top five guys. Like I have him maybe like a top 15 heavyweight, like not even in the top 10. But it wasn't like you were you're watching that fight. I didn't walk away saying, Man, I really want to see more of FA Jogba. No, no, I, I he's he's super limited. He's very one-dimensional. Um, he's got zero defense. He's slow, very, very slow. I, I, we, we had, he was in a fire meeting, and he said some, some actually some pretty cool, quotable things, and he's got this great demeanor and his yeah. awesome voice. I'm like, send that guy to Hollywood. Stop fighting. <laughs> put him, put him, man, be, a, be a henchman in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a Matrix movie because, I don't know, man, boxing I don't think is uh, – uh, just I, I, like you said, it, it's not – I didn't walk away from that fight being like, oh, man, I can't wait until he fights uh, – you know, Dylan White or something, man. You put him in Creed Four. He can he can fight uh, Michael yes. B. Jordan. He's like you said. He looks the part. Looks the party, and he sounds menacing. Yeah, but one guy I do want to see more of Johnny Rice. This guy had yes, one of the. This Johnny guy Rice. knocks off undefeated fighters. Uh, he's a very funny guy. He gave one of the best post fight interviews last year on January first. Uh, talking about how he doesn't have to work at the strip club anymore. I think he's a strip club bouncer. Uh, Al Heyman, call me. Uh, he's fighting Guido Vianello. He's down on the cards um, officially. You know, we saw the scorecards when they came out. And then he lands a perfectly placed, um, I think it was a right hand, opens up a cut on Vianello. Benji Estevez, the referee, calls it a headbutt. Clearly it was not a headbutt. And we're thinking, yeah. not again. This cannot happen again where we're going to, you know, give it to the wrong guy because this is boxing and the technology isn't there. Uh, New York State, or for that, some reason, that fight in particular didn't have replay. Like, what the hell? Like, why don't you have, why don't we have replay all around? Um, so for a, a few minutes, it was like Guido Vianello was going to win uh, off of a, uh, a punch that was landed on him that it was clearly a punch. Like, a, it wasn't a cut until... Calmaretti stepped in until the uh, commission stepped in uh, at the uh, turning stone. And we're like, how about we just look at the ESPN replay? And it's funny because this is all happening right in front of our eyes live on ESPN. It's just like the beauty of boxing and the ridiculousness of the sport. Where it's like, oh, we don't have replay. All right. So let's just like make up a rule on the fly. And it was the right move and the right guy won. But the process of it was absolutely hilarious, to be honest. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's it's boxing. It's a lot of it's backward. But um, yeah, it was it was strange because Benji Estevez, the the referee, starts grabbing the, the scorecards, which is not necessary. It's a TKO victory. The rules are clear. That the punch was as clear as could be. The, the that's the best replay I've ever seen on seeing a cut happen as it's happening in real time right. as I've ever seen. I mean, right hand hits him, boom, head goes back. 
By the time he comes back, the thing splits open, blood hits his pack. Boom. Cut from a punch. Perfect shot. Good job. I think it's like hard uh, to believe for some, even a referee that's been in there for like 20, 30 years. And Benji, great guy. Uh, spoke with him. Huge Yankee fan. Uh, it's like hard to believe that a, a, a glove can cause a cut like that. It, lo- it looks like, oh, that's a headbutt. But it can. So, okay. So th- th- uh, great point, Dan. Thanks for bringing this. Up. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Punches are supposed to happen. Butts are not. If you don't see it, it was a punch. That's how it works. You, you don't, you don't assume headbutt. You assume punch. You don't see a headbutt. It was a punch. That's just the, that's just, that's how the rule is. But people think about it. Oh, it's a glove. No, it's not. It's a bone. It's a knuckle bone hitting another bone. And there's yeah. a very thin piece of flesh between those two bones. And that pressure of that impact causes the skin to split. It's like getting a really, really bad bruise contusion and it splits the skin away because we're literally talking bone on bone. You know, it's that's people don't realize how thin those gloves are. No, it's a glove. It doesn't hurt. Get the hell out of here. You're putting bones through that thing. And that's, you know, that when we're training, we're literally thinking about I'm using my bones to hit bones. And I don't I'm not I'm not hitting with pads. I'm punching with my hands and my knuckles. So. Yeah, that that that's a that's a misnomer that gloves are softer that gloves cause the cuts. It's not that. It's 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 the bone on bone and impact of the punch. And Jerry Rice can punch, so he can punch. I, I mean, he didn't, he doesn't put a lot of punches together. I think he only had thirty landed up until that spot, uh, up until that point. And and VNL was uh, doubling them up and, and punches connected and and like it looked like Rice was on his way to a a loss. And but it's heavyweight boxing, right? One punch can change it all. Uh, this guy knocks off undefeated fighters. I think he's got a little bit of a following in the boxing world. Put him in there with Chad Anderson. Like, that's a good test for Anderson. Like, people know who Johnny Rice is. Put him in there. I, I don't think he's going to beat Jared Anderson, but it's another one of these tests for Anderson where we can say, all right, can he knock out uh, a Johnny Rice type of, of fighter? Uh, keep that going. But I'd like to see more of Johnny Rice. I think he's an intriguing heavyweight. So a little, a little caveat that, uh, you know, we're probably not going to hear about on telecast and whatnot, but, um, or broadcast rather, Johnny Rice spars with all of them, all of the top heavyweights. Like literally everybody in the top 10 to 15, Johnny Rice spars with on a, uh, on a regular basis. Um, I would be surprised if I shared Anderson. I'll put it that well, way. They're, bu- <laughs> wait, they're buddies or they they sparred before? They're not buddies, but they spar a lot. And well, if uh, they throw him a bag, he's, he's definitely going to take it. Oh, oh no, no, he'll take any fight, of course. But he, um, Jared Anderson is like, a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, but they were talking after if I was like, oh, Shaw, if Shaw wins, they were like lining him up for, for, for uh, Anderson. Like, I know it's a different, different fight or whatever, but I wouldn't be, I think it would be in like the running for an Anderson fight. Like, he's definitely, we're definitely going to see him again. I mean, this is now like another win for, for Rice and, you know, did it on ESPN and he's got somewhat of a following. So I would not be surprised if he's in there with a, a top 10 ish heavyweight. Not that Jared Anderson is a top 10 ish heavyweight, but, Anderson's someone that all boxing fans uh, know about. Hello, my friends. Can I tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook? NFL playoffs are in full swing. My Giants are trending up. We're one step closer to the Super Bowl. We got divisional playoffs coming up. It's the best time to fire up the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly plus all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payout with this new thing that DraftKings is rolling out it's the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays it's pretty easy you boost your nfl winnings with each leg up to 100 i got my eyes on the g-men i'm a giants fan i got specifically got my eyes on daniel jones rushing yards he can't be stopped on the ground saquon barkley looked 
outstanding. So an anytime touchdown for Saquon. And I also think the Giants might cover. Right there is a parlay, and you can boost it with the same game, the stepped-up same game parlay. So all you got to do is go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code IBL, and with that, new customers can bet $5 on any NFL game, any NFL divisional round game, and get up to $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code IBL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or details. Back to the show. So that was uh, Saturday night, ESPN card. Uh, earlier that weekend, uh, broke some news. Danny Scoops. That's why I want to be no. I don't break a lot of news. In fact, I, I don't even want to get into that that lane of being like a, a newsbreaker or sources guy. Occasionally, some stuff comes to my attention, and if I'm pretty confident that it's going to happen, I, I'll fire out. I'll fire it off on 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 Twitter. And this is a fight that we've all known uh, that was about to be made, and that's Devin Haney versus uh, Vasily Lomachenko. What we didn't know is like the date. There was talking about before Ramadan because that's something that uh, Haney uh, celebrates and and, and actually uh, takes part in. Uh, you know, fasting. I think it's like 30 days of fasting. Um, he wanted it before that. It looks like Top Rank uh, is going to have it in May 20th. We don't know the venue. MSG was reported, but from what I've heard, it's not going to be MSG. Uh, Bob Aram came out and said the Middle East is in play. Uh, there will th- I would not be shocked if they threw a ton of money at this fight, uh, but it's pretty set. Uh, Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko, May 20th, uh, ESPN pay-per-view. Uh, that's the one part that isn't the greatest, but... I feel like that's a fight um, that fight fans will be willing uh, to throw down on. I love this fight. We talked about it at length. Um, Haney will be the favorite. Lomachenko uh, still very, very dangerous. But this is a fight that could propel Devin Haney into even bigger stardom. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is th- this fight makes sense at this time. It seems like it's it's a changing of the guard. It's the old lion and, and the young lion battling. Um, you know, I like the fight. I've always said that I think stylistically and size-wise that Haney was a very bad matchup for for Lomachenko. I mean, Lomachenko is that special, but it's just about father time. You know, in that last fight with Ortiz, we we saw that, number one, 135 is not a great weight class for Lomachenko. These guys Mm -hmm. are much bigger, these younger guys. Um, And, they're you know, Ortiz is a guy that you wouldn't think could give Lomachenko a fight. He was very much in that fight, very much in that fight. And, uh, you know, is that because he's big and young? Or is it because Lomachenko is old? Is it because he's been out of the ring for a while? Yeah, a lot of questions. But he's going to have to bring his A game for the Haney fight. Can Lomachenko win the fight? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to? I don't. I think Haney is going to going to take the crown and or keep the crown. But I think um, he's going to overtake the older Lomachenko. I, I, sorry, Lomachenko fans. I'm a huge Lomachenko fan, too. But there are a lot I just of Lomachenko think, I just think ah, I'm, like, I mean, I'm one of them. But yeah. I, I just think that the matchup is, is a really tough matchup. The size, the length, um, the speed, the, 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 the style. You know, Lomachenko's so good at getting on the inside and making an inside fight, but Haney's so good at not letting you inside. He doesn't fight in the inside. He fights long distance. He's a jabber. Yep. He's a mover. Jab is and he, is, lethal. He, he has no problem making it a long-range fight that is one on length and jabs. He had no uh, no problem and no shame in it either. Like this is how I win. This is how I win fights. Exactly. It might not be be the most aesthetically pleasing, and he doesn't listen to the criticisms of oh pillow hands Haney and the jab 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 hold. 
this is how he wins fights. This is how why he's undisputed yep. at age 23. This is why he's getting the biggest fights. Because like just last week, I heard Ryan Garcia say, oh, I want Lomachenko. Everyone wants Lomachenko because he's a big name. Uh, he's got a huge following. You're going to get a massive payday. And he's beatable because he's um like, what, 35 years old. But Haney's getting him. So shout out to Devin Haney for number one, taking his career into his own hands and switching promoters, signing with top rank, knowing the landscape there, knowing that the the majority of the good fights are with top rank, beating uh Cambosos twice in Australia. Uh now he gets in the driver's seat. He's the A side against Lomachenko on a pay-per-view. This is like what all young fighters want. This is what they all want. So he is in the driver's seat. And I do think it's a very winnable fight for Haney behind that jab. Um, I do think that Lomachenko will push him. Though. Obviously, he'll push him a lot more than Cambosos pushed um, Haney in, in this fight. Uh, but will it be enough? Like we said, like they're on two different trajectories. Like Haney is is in a groove right now. He fought twice in six or seven months, which you can't even say that for, for many fighters these days. That's considered a groove. Um, he's trending up. Lomachenko... Struggled, like you said, with Ortiz, and it was his first fight in 13, 14 months. Uh, didn't put a lot of combinations together, but he'll at least be in a groove himself, Lomachenko. He'll at least be, that'll be two fights in, in, in less than a year for him. Uh, so I do think he'll push Haney, but I do think Haney will come out on, on top. I wouldn't sleep on Lomachenko, though. Don't think he's going to win, but still wouldn't sleep on him. No, not at all. It's it's going to be, I think it's actually, eh, well. I don't know. Haney wins boring fights. If if the fight's good, that's you know that's that's tougher. That's not great for Haney. He likes the fights, the fights like we said, to be uh, long distance jab fest where his speed and defense wins the day. But Lomachenko's Lomachenko. Guy, the guy has been able to find a way and um, overcomes taller, longer guys, and he's got good speed too and rhythm. So it's a, it's an interesting matchup. But um, yeah, I mean it's 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 the big fight. So let's go. It's a big one, and fans are excited for it. And um, yeah, I would like to see Haney pushed a little bit. I'd like to see Haney a little bit of adversity. Like we saw it against uh, Linares, um, but it was just like a little bit uh, too late in the fight. So if Lomachenko doesn't do that thing where he did against Tiafimo, where he came out and gave up the first six, seven rounds and then stepped on the gas pedal in the second half and gave Tiafimo fits, um, if he does that, then I, that we'll have ourselves a fight, and it'll be for all the marbles. And Lomach, this is Lomachenko's last big chance um, to be undisputed at 135. This is Haney's chance to uh, become a star. This is an awesome fight, and May 20th. It's just a matter of where uh, this one's going to be. But Dan, does he become a star if he wins this fight? I think a lot of people know Lomachenko. Like people at the my office or John Boy, they they know the name Lomachenko. He's probably one of the the top 10 names in boxing. He's on some people's top 10 pound for pound list, which why I don't know. Uh, I mean, superstar is in the boxing world. He'd be a superstar. Like he won't be like a crossover. Like okay. Tank Good distinction. Ryan. When I think, when I think of star, I think crossover. I think of, 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 he could be knowing who you are. Eh, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't think a win here does that. I don't think it makes him a crossover star. The reason that, that Lomachenko has been a crossover star it's not because he was on, he's undefeated because he wasn't, he wasn't undefeated through the majority of his career. He lost pretty early on. He was, a, he was a crossover star because of his style. Mm -hmm. His style was incredible. We've never seen a guy fight that way. The angles, the, the, the picking shots, the, 
the Olay, all that, that, that that's, that's the stuff right. that, that gets outside people to be like, man, this guy's awesome. He fights like nobody I've ever seen. Making guys and, quit on their stool. He had that string of either retiring guys yeah. or making them quit where that's like an aura of invincibility. No, he was no Mashchenko. No yeah. Mashchenko for multiple years with really top guys, top, top guys. When that was when he was fighting in weight classes that he actually belonged in. But yeah, um, yeah no, I don't know. I, I think it's going to take more for Haney. I think that his road is going to be longer. Yeah, it's hard to get on the to become the crossover. I mean, you're, you're right. Knockouts yeah. sell. The reason Tank is such a big star is because he knocks everyone out. Knockouts. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Like a star in the sport, like he, he'll be he'll be like legitimately on top ten pound for pound list now. Where think how long it took Floyd? Took yeah. Floyd forever. Well, yeah, he for should honestly, be. He should be. You know, he's got the looks. He's got the. He's a great yeah. interview. Good kid. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll see what it does for him. I do think he's going to win, but that's one of the bigger fights of the first half. Uh, on May 20th. Do you see this, Chris? Francis Ngannou is a free agent. He's out of his contract with the UFC. He turned down a uh, a pretty big contract, according to Dana White. Uh, you know how Dana White uh, operates. He doesn't really let you know a lot of things. Dana White's already pushing this narrative that uh, he does. He just doesn't want to fight John Jones because John Jones now is fighting uh, Cyril Gaon. Uh, UFC 2. Good fight. That's crazy. Good fight. I'll, I'll get your thoughts Cyril on Gaines, that. Look, Cyril Gaon's awesome. Yeah, he's a yeah, big ass Frenchman. I haven't seen a Frenchman that big in, ever. <laughs> um, but Francis Nagano, the reason we're talking about him on on a boxing show is because he's been flirting with getting into the heavyweight division. He's been flirting with getting into boxing. This ridiculous Tyson Fury crossover fight uh, has been floated out there. I do not like that Francis Nagano is officially a free agent when the uh, Fury Usyk fight is not locked up yet. That scares me because you know that Fury wants to do it. You know Fury loves those types of fights. Uh, this ridiculousness. He's a guy that spent time in WWE. Uh, he's brought him in the ring that time, Nagano. I think Nagano, I don't know anything about that. I don't have any insider information here, but I think Nagano signs with the PFL and they have this whole new um, super fight division. So PFL throws him a ridiculous amount of money. He does one MMA fight and then. He goes after Tyson Fury for a boxing match. And it's it could be made because PFL is exclusive to ESPN. Top ranks exclusive to ESPN. They're all somewhat in the same family. Don't think it's going to happen, but I would not be shocked if that's the route. Like one MMA fight for Nagano in the super fight. They find like a heavyweight that's not under contract with the UFC as well. And then they start banging the drum. Hopefully Usyk and Fury fight first and we get that. So we do have that undisputed fight. And then... Fury's the undisputed champion. I'm just really going ahead of myself here. But we see Nagano Fury. That's what he wants. That's what he's going to push for, I think. Uh, we're going to see if they're going to be Dan Shradamus <laughs> moving forward. But calling, calling this out for way in advance. Hey, strategically, that all makes sense. Uh, I do not see the Tyson Fury and Nagano fight ever happening. I don't want to see happening. it. Uh, no, no. And so I was going to, when you were talking about now, I don't hope that doesn't happen. I'm like, don't worry about it. That's not, that's not happening. Usyk Tyson Fury is going to happen before Nagano. But um, that being said, hey, Nagano, apparently, he's a, I've talked to Nagano in the gym many times. First of all, he's the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> and he's, it's insane, insane. He's got, his abs are as big as my head. It's wild. Each yeah. ab, it's, it's like a tap take, huge hands, but super nice guy, loves boxing, mm-hmm. loves boxing, Lo- loves, loves the sport, loves to train it, loves to spar. Um, but yeah, no, the only rate, the only, I don't want to say it would never, never, never happen because Tyson Fury is that much of a wild card. And that would be the only way that it could actually and happen money. if he really, really, if he really, really pushed for it. Well, it's also a super easy fight for Tyson. That's, it's, 
every other heavyweight in the division would be more difficult than Francis Ngannou. Sorry, MMA guys. It's it's not going to be good. I think MMA fans yeah. know this by now. Like, they're kind of like, they're, I don't know if there's an appetite for this fight, to be honest. Like, the crossovers don't work yeah. anymore. MMA yeah. fans are don't want to see another one of their guys get starched by a boxer. For for God's sakes, Jake Paul iced Ben Askren. Like, we, we're, MMA fans are over this. They, they don't, they know yeah. that there's two different sports. They know there's two different disciplines. But it's still a spectacle. It will still bring in eyeballs of the casual sports fan where, oh, my God, the UFC heavyweight champion. Because no matter what Dana White says, no matter what anyone from the UFC says, he Francis Agano is the champion. He is the heavyweight. He never lost. Like, he no, contract yeah. dispute. He is the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, I know they're going to try to to not say that, and they're going to try to push all these different narratives and different fights and <laughs> But Nagano is the guy at heavyweight. So if they can match him up with the best heavyweight in boxing, put it in Saudi Arabia, I mean, I could see it all happening because we've seen like this story before. But that's just what I think Nagano is gonna gonna go for. Like if he signs with Bellator, that's with Showtime, and I don't see that this whole PFL with Jake Paul and the super fight division, you know, the ESPN ties. That's just my what I think will happen. Maybe it happens. We'll see. We'll see in the next couple of days and weeks. Um, have you been you've been you've been looking at your crystal ball to dance your Yeah, I try to figure out the the landscape. You know, like mm-hmm. just a guess. You know, it's it, it. Would you be shocked if if that all played out the, that way? I would be shocked if it ended with the Tyson Fury and Gano fight. I, sure, that could be what they're angling for. If they signed the PFL, that all makes sense. Um, but I just actually making that fight happen, I don't see it. As long as it happens that. after the Usyk one. Because think about it, what we thought, but then, but we had McGregor and and Floyd. I'm like, yeah, okay. Floyd was retired for two years, sitting on the couch, and McGregor was not the champ, not the best guy in the UFC. Oof. Like people, people for people forget he was coming off losses. Yeah. Like he was he was literally losing in the UFC consistently, and then took this this huge mega fight. We're talking about the heavyweight UFC champion taking on the heavyweight. That's why it will sell. Boxing champion it won't happen. That's why no, sure. That's why it's sub. That's why it won't happen. Absolutely not. I hope I it happens. I, I hope it, if it does happen, I hope it's after the Fury Usyk, of course, because I think that's what fans want. Just give us Fury Usyk, give us Undisputed, and then Fury, do whatever the hell you want, Fury. You want to do the WWE? So then the Undisputed Boxing Headweight Champion is going to fight the UFC Champion? No fucking way. 2023, <laughs> no baby. Way. This is what we're no doing. No way. This is no what's way. happening in this sport. I would not be shocked. Yeah, that's opt- optimistic Dan, pessimistic CA. Well, I don't want it. I really don't want it to happen. I'd rather see Fury go on to fight, you know, like, uh, Joyce or Joshua yeah. or Wilder again. Uh, actually, no. Um, there are a lot more other fights I'd rather see Tyson Fury and then uh, Francis Ngannou wash out. It would be like a three. He would toy with him. He would toy. He, he would just, honestly yeah, box yeah, circles it. around him. He, he would just he would decide when he's knocking him out. But anyway, I mean, there's so many good heavyweight fights to happen in in the sport of boxing. We don't need to go to other sports. Yeah, I, I don't want it to happen, but we'll, we'll see. Um, while we're on the topic of UFC, John Jones is back. Love John. They're Jones. all gone. Um, Baddest man on the planet. Baddest man on the planet. I'm telling you. So John Jones is back. Uh, Dana White is is a master of the manipulation here. Obviously, in the news for for a bad reason. The you know hitting his wife and the video comes out. And it's awful. Uh, he lays low for about a week, and then he's back and uh, he gives this whole speech. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into that, but says you know I'm not I'm not going to be punished. Um, my punishment is walking or is being in the public eye as as a, a wife beater. Um, but then he goes and makes two fights, two huge announcements. Like Nagano's out, 
Um, John Jones is in, Cyril gone. Uh, the Gaethje fight, and that's just how the UFC goes. That's like just like PR one on one, just like kind of give him something else to well, talk he, about. He, he understands the news minute is a minute, so yeah. you just got to lay low, let it pass, let it, let it breeze over you. Stay out of it. Don't bring it up. Come back. Just apologize. Move on. One drop, thing drop about, about John Jones, um, obviously, I'm a noted MMA casual appreciator, and from what I've, you probably know the same things here. They pride themselves, UFC, on the ranking system, right? It's like best versus mm-hmm. best, pecking order, got to work your way up to the top. Um, that's how we make our fights. Boxing is not like that. There's a million belts. Then John Jones, who's been out of the, the sport for three years, jumps the whole line. I, I still want to see it. Obviously, I'm happy about yeah. it. Fans are very excited about it, and it's awesome, and I will probably order the fight and, and watch it and be happy about it, but it's just funny. That that this is something that Dana White has parroted out there and talked about how we have you know they they pride themselves on a ranking system, but John Jones just jumped the whole line because it's going to sell. It's John Jones. That's that's why he is an anomaly for a lot of reasons, and uh, yeah, he's above all that. He's above the rankings. You know, his his career has been full of ups and a lot of downs, ins and outs of the sport. <laughs> you know, everything, it's, bro. It's, it's drugs, PEDs. Drugs, hot mics, you know, incredible fights. Yeah, forget it. Disqualifications. Like the guy, the guy is arrested, you know, multiple he's times. He's nuts. But he's awesome. He's he's awesome. He's the he's the baddest man on the planet. In in a, in a street fight, he beats every living person in the world. I'm telling you right now, he is the baddest man. What about Nagano? Yes, he beats him too in a street fight. <laughs> street fight, like too. no rules, no DQs. No rules, no DQs. I mean, because he's 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 bad too. He's a bad man. He's a he is a uh, and the, that hot mic when he was talking to Daniel Cormier. Oof, he's a he's a, a rough dude. You know, he's kind of he's out that. there to hurt people. Yeah, uh, you got to look better. That's nasty. Yeah, every, but, um, yeah, look it up. I don't know what yeah. happened there. Yeah, that's our oh, our no. UFC portion. Yeah. That's fun. I like it. That's our UFC portion of the show. There's some connections with boxing, and we'll see how it all plays out. Um, let's get into our mailbag. I uh, wanted to do this last week, but things got jumbled around. A lot of entries, so thank you, everyone. Uh, a lot That's of we had, we had a lot of entries. Yeah, for Instagram. We got people hitting us up on YouTube, obviously Twitter. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, Mr. Wright, 1986, uh, wants to know, how do we feel about Oscar doing his typical airing out of negotiations through Twitter. And if you don't know with Mr. Wright is alluding to Oscar on Saturday night tweets out um, that he hates YouTube boxing. Can we please get to real boxing? And then a couple tweets later, uh, I have not got a contract from PBC. If I don't get one on Monday, I'm moving on, which is hilarious because it's like, can we get back to real boxing? And then also the biggest fight in the sport that you all want to see, I'm going to potentially move on from. I don't think he's going to move on from it. Um, Usually when you see fights negotiated on Twitter, it's just all smoke. I mean, it's all just like posturing. Uh, the biggest fights get made behind the scenes. This is just Oscar firing off some tweets on a Saturday night. Your thoughts? Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing new. It's what Oscar does. You know, we mentioned Dana White and how he you know, manipulates the, the, the market and the media. Oscar tries to do the same thing. I don't think he has as much pull as, as Dana does at this point of his career. Um we all kind of just know, like, that's Oscar being Oscar, you know? Yep. So, but it is what it is. Right, but not for nothing, I do kind of agree about the non-boxers who are getting these these cards. I don't care. I don't care who KSI, KSI knocked out. doesn't matter. What about it's, Salt it's Poppy? Stupid. 
I don't even know who that is. That <laughs> just came up on my. I have no clue who that person. He actually is not bad. I I did not watch that card. It was it was a perfect storm. Um, this past weekend where there wasn't anything really. It was like a slower weekend in the sport. Um, we hadn't had a you know it wasn't anything going on Saturday afternoon. This YouTube boxing event is now or not going away. It's on the zone. Um, so a lot of the boxing purists were triggered. They were angered. A lot of like what is going on with our sport and and it's that over and over it's like a cycle like it goes away for a little bit then it comes before the next event comes back but that's our next question little john hernandez can anyone stop salt poppy salt poppy i i actually watched some of his highlights like he has hands like he has pretty good technique uh he knocked another guy out he's he's kind of chubby he's kind of like a lovable loser that has hands like it's funny not good (laughs) But he's funny. Yeah, well, that, that that's why I don't care. People, people like the boxing purists get really pissed. Like, I don't care. That's in a whole other world. Like when you Thank brought you. up Saul Poppy, I'm like, I don't know who that is. It doesn't matter to me. To. I'm a I'm a boxing fan. I don't need to know what that is. It's it's turned into like like you know like like uh, Nick Junior, like the Nickelodeon Junior. That's what I see <laughs> these 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 kids. They're on they're on the Zone Junior. It's not it's a whole. I don't need to watch it. It's not the channel that I watch. You know, so I watch funny. the real stuff. So it's... like I, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. I didn't think you'd go Nick Junior on us. <laughs> throwback um i don't think it's going anywhere um no. they get crazy numbers on youtube there's a interest in it this it was a sellout arena uh you take a look at the highlights on on youtube and the views are in the three four million range uh ksi big name they had like adult stars on it l brook i think it's like a sex worker or something like it, it's wild it's a wild scene i didn't watch it but the, i hear the production is fine and I feel like this is like a broken record. I, I'm constantly asked what I think about YouTube boxing. And I feel like I, I didn't even comment on it this week on Twitter. Just But it just gets everyone so angered. It's a not boxing. And technically, it is. like, But it's not. It's, it's a separate lane. It's for the yeah. hundredth time. It is celebrities and whatever you want to call these, these guys, influencers, using their celebrity to make money in one night. Boxing is pretty much the only sport you can do that in. Think about it. Like, where do you make money in one night? Concerts, like performances. That's a performance. They're getting in the ring and they're putting on a performance. Their subscribers are, are watching. People are, are tuned in. But at the end of the day, it's it's not professional boxing. It's white collar boxing. It's not going anywhere. It's a different lane than boxing. We don't have to do this every single time. It, it just is what it is. Like, they're not even like, ma- it's not dangerous because they're both both fighters are at such at the same level. I feel like it's not like yeah, they're, seeing... they're both so bad. And, right. It's not like yeah. we're seeing like hundred to one, like we've seen professional boxing, like Richard Torres, for instance, I keep using this uh, example, like going in there and just blowing out a guy da- like dangerously. And it's mm-hmm. like in the YouTube boxing, they're both pretty much at the same beginner level. So it is what it is. Like maybe it will burn out in, in a few years. Maybe it, it won't, but it's not like a threat to the sport. And it's not like, it's here yeah. because of anything boxing did wrong. It's here. Be- if anything, it's and, here because boxing is popular and it's there's a, a market for it. You know, boxing is cool. It's cool to be a boxer. It's cool to be a fighter. That's what these kids are doing. They're pretending. This is they're they're LARPing basically. They're pretending Cosplaying. to be boxers. And that yeah, it's, and, and whatever. And it was funny because I remember in the beginning was these promoters were like, oh, this is good for boxing. No, it's not. We've seen it. It's another lane. It's a whole yeah. other thing. The the boxing fans aren't going to tune into that. Just like the LARP fans are not going to tune into boxing. They're going to go cosplay over there and, and dress yeah. up like boxers and pretend to be that. They're not coming to our boxing, our real boxing shows. So 
I, I used to think that, that, but shit. I don't anymore. I used bad. to think no. that. I used to be like, oh, we'll get some fans out of it. Maybe you do, but a small, a very small percentage. It's if helping. Anything... You, know, you know what's helping? You know what's helping? Gyms. Boxing gyms. gyms. Trainers. That's good. Boxing gyms, yeah. Boxing gyms, trainers, strength coaches, cool. Uh, Old Man Lawrence, does boxing in 2023 need, in a way, Fulton? Uh, need is a strong term. Boxing needs a lot of things. I don't think it needs it. I would like to see it. Uh, one thing we did see is that Inoue um, did relinquish all his belts. We knew that was going to happen. He's moving up to 122. A new wrinkle in this story is Fulton Figueroa, which we thought was a done deal, is not a done deal. They don't have an agreement at all. So maybe this does open up a window. Maybe we do see Fulton Inoue sometime in 2023. But I don't think boxing necessarily needs it. But I would definitely watch. I think it's one of the top five fights you could make in the sport. No, it's 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 the fight that you and I have spoke about. We want that fight. I really want that fight. I was actually uh, upset because Fulton is moving up away from from Inouye, and I thought that this is the ideal time to actually make that fight happen. But does boxing need a junior featherweight fight? Literally, no, never. <laughs> boxing would never need a junior featherweight fight uh, in order to 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 flourish. If it was a headweight fight, so a little different. But no, boxing does not need it. But it's it's a fight. It's a fight fan uh, friend fan friendly fight for sure. Yeah. Pidge, uh, at Pidge, wants to know. With Josh Taylor likely to move up after the Catterall rematch, who do you think is most likely to take over the 140-pound division? Who do you think? Well, I think we're we're seeing uh, a, a little rivalry between Ramirez and Progray developing because of what happened with their, their, their breakdown of negotiations, and now they're going back and forth on Twitter. So that seems like that's going to be the matchup that's going to decide who's going to be who's going to be the man of 40 after josh taylor who is the man of 40 uh moves on yeah i think it's pro gray right now i think he's the face of 140 this is if if taylor moves on um we'll see because 147 is pretty tough for him um i think it's pro gray now and then i think it's whoever moves up from 135 like whether ryan garcia tank devin haney uh, one day shakur but as of now i think it's it's regis pro gray's division um toe-to-toe chris what do you think of boxer slash Wasserman Alliance showing up on the zone? Should Eddie be nervous? I think this is great. Um, I think it's great for fight fans. Uh, Liam Smith uh, Eubank fight will be shown on regular DAZN with your, with your regular subscription. It's a boxer event. They usually don't put fights on DAZN. This is what fight fans want. Cross promotion. Give us the fights we want to see. They don't give a damn about the agreements. And should Eddie Hearn be nervous? No. Like, no. He should be putting on better fights and competition leads to better product and everyone should be happy at the end of the day that we're seeing more fights on the zone which fight fans pay for more network more more promoters on one network good that means more boxing for fans more yes. boxing is good so, very simple yes, all, all, all good things at the problem will jim lampley ever get a gig again i hope so i'm wearing my hbo boxing sweatshirt if, if jim wants to if jim wants to work he'd work uh, he he was rumored to do Triller and that blew up. Um, I yeah. thought maybe he would hop. He would have done. I would have been. would have been my fight. I know been awesome. that would have been awesome. Um, he was rumored to maybe hop on PBC on Fox, but they don't really put on fight cards anymore. I don't see him going to Showtime. Don't see him hopping on ESPN. Uh, we're running out of maybe the Zone. That was a thought with him with the Zone. I would never say never, but we're going on like five years. And I'm the last I've you talked better. to him, he's pretty happy and pretty content. But I do know that he loves the sport and he he still follows it. You gotta you better bring a big big checkbook if you're gonna bring Lampley out of retirement. He's the best. Uh, he's the goat. He's the he's, best to ever. He do is it. the he is the goat. He is the goat. 
Um, I like this question. Put you on the spot here. Queso de la Monte, one of our fan favorites. If a fight landed on Chris's lap, who would it have to be against for him to make a return? Who you mean what? <laughs> what? Okay, I'm a prize fighter. I fought all the names and all the tough guys. Give me the fucking money. So there's no name? No. Nah. Just money? Just money. That makes sense. Prize, prize fighter. That's what prize it's all fighter. about. I, I fought all the names. I fought, I fought the Hall of Famers. I fought the Pound for Pounders. It, it's, it's money. I think fans are starting to realize that. It's like, it shouldn't be about money. No, no, no. It, it may be in another sport. Like, it should be about money in football because it's, there's a lot of injuries and there's no guaranteed contract. Boxing, combat sports, like, this is about money. Like, you're putting your Floyd, life on the line. Do you remember when Floyd said that early on and people flipped out? Yeah. And he was like, oh, if that guy said he's not fighting for money, he's lying. He's right. Just like We're any other job. Fighters. Why do we work? Yes. I work for money. Like, I want to climb job. the ladder. Yeah, I love this, and it's a passion. Everything's a passion project, but guess what, man? You're doing it to make money. Of course. Uh, Reese Hunt, who are some prospects that you believe deserve more shine attention? Personally, I like Kelvin Davis, Richardson Richardson Hitchens, and Ammo Williams. Um, you got any prospects that hmm. you've been seeing? There was one on Saturday uh, night I like, Bruce Carrington. Brucey, Chushu. Um, yeah, he um... – I feel uh, he was getting a lot of heat for his performance on Saturday night. I, I agree with you, Dan. I think that he, um, he he's one of those guys. But it's tough when you're when you start your pro career on TV, and like Shu Shu had those two stellar knockouts. But he's not that kind of guy. So uh, people are expecting him to to knock out every guy moving forward. And it's just I don't think he's that kind of boxer. You know, and I was six and zero with three knockouts, and I think he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be about a 50-50. 50 percent ko percentage type guy just like i was um you know i remember at, at, it was early on in my career i was five and oh with three knockouts and i had some good early knockouts too but i wasn't on tv and steve farhood is inter interviewing me prior to the fight at a fighter meeting and he goes uh so what do you consider yourself you, uh, a boxer or a puncher i'm like oh no, I'm, I'm much more of a boxer he goes he goes you know i saw that last fight. i think you're a puncher and i'm like i don't think so <laughs> i'm a boxer he's like he's like now nah, we're gonna call you a puncher on air i'm like okay so like the, Changes everything. I think that's kind of yeah, I think that's kind of happening with 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 uh, with Choo Choo, um, you know, and and it's tough, man. It's tough when you're you're everything you do is under a microscope from from the very the very get. So it's a different era now. You got these these guys who are literally having their pro debuts live on on TV. It's a catch twenty two. It's a it's a it's a gift and a curse for these kids because they're getting exposure. Yeah. Boxing is all about exposure. Um, it's all about name recognition, getting your name out there. But also, like you said, like you're 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 going through some trials and tribulations early on when maybe these fights in like ten years ago would be dark. You would never see them. Uh, you would maybe have a writer write about them. It wouldn't be on ESPN Plus for for everyone to see if they do want to see them. But it's it is a good thing to see these these prospects um, from a fan's perspective. Um, some Adam Azim. I've heard about this kid. He's a British fighter, um, knockout artist. I think he's at one fifty four. Someone to keep an eye on. Uh, someone that Jake Paul signed, um, Ashton Sly, uh, 18 years old. I think he's 8-0 with eight knockouts. Another um, name to keep an eye on. And there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of prospects. I got a, I got a kid in my gym, Eric Tudor. Um, he's fighting. He's been fighting a lot of Golden Boy cards, 54-pounder. Uh, tall, good-looking, good, really good technical skills, big amateur background, was high-level in the games, fought all these guys. Um Beat some really good guys in the amateurs too, but uh, he's coming up. I think he's around 
he's got to be around six or seven and oh with almost nice. all knockouts. Yeah, he's um very, very solid. I've sparred with him a few times as well. Him and his brother are very, very talented young guys. 21 years old. We're going to be hearing about him very soon. Right. Then there's, of course, like the Keyshawn Davises and the Diego Pacheco's and, and the upper echelon. But prospects. those guys are getting. Yeah, they're getting shine. You know, th- this question was for people who, who should get more. I mean, there are a ton of Keyshawn them. Just is, have to get that is, moment. Is a top. Yeah, Jared Anderson's another one. We're all talking about him. I, I think this question is more about who should we talk to be talking about more who's not getting in. Right. Um, this is a good question for you, Ben Scanlon. Hey, guys, uh, do you think it's fair to say there's been an increased emphasis on stance switching in boxing in recent years? And if so, why? I don't think so. I think that's something that's been part of the sport forever. We're just seeing it now because we're seeing guys doing it at such a high level, right? Um, Terrence Crawford's one of the best to ever do it. He's he's just as dangerous on either side. It's, it's extremely, extremely impressive. Um, so I think it's a more display now, but it's something that's always been done. Floyd used to do it all the time when he hurt his hand. Early in his career, he would hurt his hand. He'd, he'd switch sides, and he would fight southpaw from that position. Um, guys used to do it. And Marvin Hagler did it really well. He was yeah. very seamless in the way that he did it. So I know it's almost his demise. I mean, what he did against yeah, Leonard. Yeah. Why did he come out southpaw against Leonard? Well, he did. He did the same thing with John the Beast Mugabe. Like he came out, and you're like, "What are you doing? Go, you know, dude, why are you fighting this 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 way?" And then he switched up and like completely dominated. So, um, no, I, I don't think it's a new thing. I think I think maybe people aren't as aware of the history of all those other fighters who are doing it. I just think that it's we're seeing literally one of the pound. Arguably, the pound for my best fighter in the in the world is a very good switch hitter. Crawford, right? Yeah, Crawford. Yeah, he he's made it like not everyone can do that, and like like you said, yeah, you're seeing it at the top level, <clears throat> um, not so much all over the sport. Um, let's see, we've got a few more. Um, uh, Reese Hunt, if Errol again, if Re- if Errol is actually moving up to 154, how does he fare against guys like Fundora, Castaño, Harrison? Stops all three of them. Like right away, like not. I don't mean like knocks him out right away, but I mean like if he jumps up to fifty four and fights those guys like right away, straight away, he's gonna he'll be he beats all those guys. Especially those three, like Fundora, we've seen yeah. him down. Um, his defense is a little leaky. Castaño, we and he's saw got him that down. long torso. Yeah, Errol Spence is, is one of the best body punchers in the game. Yeah, Castaño has been down. Good fighter. I love to see that fight. Castaño Spence will be That's awesome. That's a fun one. A lot they, of pressure in that fight. Right, right, right in the middle. Right, and Harrison is very good defensively, but I think. Uh, Best days are Tony's are, awesome, an awesome fighter, but he's 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 not really a he's been stopped. He, no, no, and he's yeah, he's been coaching. I think he's working with Baumgartner right now. Yeah, he is. Tony's Tony's a very skilled guy. He's got a lot of boxing knowledge and a high IQ. No, he's awesome. But I think that the, guy's a great entertainer, too. Yeah. The physicality of Spence is way too much for all three of those guys. Finally, last question comes from Sean Singletary. People seem split on Jerron Ennis ceiling after his latest. Uh, decision. I'd argue that fights like that are beneficial for a fighter's growth. I agree. Uh, P.S. Dan, you've become my source for all boxing news and Algeria's technical analysis is incredible. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Getting some, uh, getting some good feedback for for the uh, for the pod. That's cool. Yeah, Sean Singletary. Um, his questions about Ennis and um his ceiling. I think we talked about this on the la- uh, last Monday show after Ennis's fight with Karen. Um, these are fights that you need. We would like to would like to have seen him figure it out, cut off the ring later in the fight, see some more rounds. I don't think it did anything terrible for his development. If anything, it kind of slowed down this insane uh, hyperbole around Boots Ennis, which maybe is like a relief for him because it was getting out of control, like the over the top praise. 
but I don't think it's going to hurt his development. I I think it's gives him things to work on. No. No, I think it, you know, pumping the brakes a little bit, like you said, it was a lot of high praise, and you know, talk about him fighting Crawford or Spence. Now, um, I, that that talk has gone away, and that's fine. He's still young; he still has more development to do. Um, I like him being active. I like him going out there and getting wins. And listen, I want to see the guy needs to go rounds. He can't just blow everybody out. And that that's that's boxing, man. That's always been the case. Even knockout punchers, you can't knock out everyone, especially when you're right. fighting skilled guys. And the guy, uh, to Chuhatsian was a good fighter. And, and, and the style that he chose to fight made it a very difficult fight for, for Boots to really build on. I think it shows some of the immaturity of, of Boots and his style and his development. But that's fine. That's that's I don't think it really I don't think it changes his ceiling. I just think it changes his timeline, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. But we already spoke about this. I agree. Um, I, that is I've our show. Couple, I, no, I got a couple from from mine. If you okay, uh, go got some more time there, Mr. Dan. Yeah, I do. Of course. Um. Yeah. So. Got to go to Moe's, ask, who would win between Edwin Valeri, Valeri, Valerio and Johnny Tapia in their prime? Good God. Now, they were nowhere near each other in play, weight classes, so they, they would never fight um, in in terms of that. But if we were going to do, like, pound for pound, you know, situation. Mythical um, matchups. It, mythical matchup. It, it almost reminds me of um, Johnny Tapia and, uh, oh, my God, the New Mexico matchup. Um, oh, I can't believe I've drawn a blank. Um, New Mexico fighter. Uh, he's a Mexican fighter from New Mexico. They was like a New Mexico clash, the Albuquerque New Mexico clash. Danny Romero. Sorry. Okay, you got it. Can't, can't, love that fight, Danny Romero. Dan, Danny uh, Tapia, Johnny Tapia, phenomenal fight. Any guys at home, fight fans, go look that fight up. It's absolutely phenomenal. The the the, the crowd was insane. The fight was incredible, and Romero was a puncher, killer killer puncher, and Tapia was the boxer, not a big knockout guy, and they went at it. Wow. And Tapia came out victorious. So he, he Tapia is very good at fighting punchers, and you know Edwin Valeria is a, a, obviously a, a big, big time puncher. So I'm also very, uh, I'm a huge Johnny Tapia fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Johnny Tapia okay. in the mythical pound for pound matchup because they are very far apart in weight classes. Um, Johnny's best was that, you know, in, in the in the teens, and Valeria was a 35 pounder. So you got any more? Valera, yes. Um, my t- uh, Vertex Combat Sports says your take on Spence fighting Thurman at 54 instead of a top welterweight. We spoke about that on, on air before, and I just said that means that the Crawford fight's not happening. Um, but I got Spence in that fight. Um, this is a good one. From um, Global Athletics Co. Thoughts on the WBC transgender category proposal? Okay. I want to hear this about... From, from oh, you're Dan. putting me on the spot now? I'm putting you on the spot about that one. I mean, it's better than, like... Trans like the, a woman that was wait how do I want to say this it's better than a man or a woman fighting someone that is born a man and transition so at least the WBC is getting out in front of it because this could potentially be an issue down the road and they're like no listen like we have transgender division here so if you were born a woman and now you transition to a man you're gonna fight the same thing and vice versa so. It was interesting because boxing fans, I, I feel like, are the best at these types of topics. And it's just a different, they have different thoughts on it. But I do commend the WBC for at least getting it right because we're seeing it in other sports, right? With this women swimmer that's born a man and she's like dominating these uh, college athletes. It's not fair. It's not right. But now if they were all on an like, even playing field or as even as it can get, 
then it's at least from a competitive standpoint better. Thank you for putting me on the spot. Yeah, I think it's a complete fluff, fluff, fluff move by the WBC. It's not real. It's well, not a lot of their moves I are mean, fluff. Yeah, it's a complete fluff move. Uh, they're, they're, like you said, they're trying to get ahead of something. You're, you're having and making a, another category. There's so few of transgender athlete boxers at this stage. It doesn't mean anything. They're making a different category. Who, who are they going to fight? There's, there's not well, well, enough. That's why I said getting out in front of it. Because if it doesn't, if yeah. it does happen. And they're prepared now, WBC. It could happen in a no, different... No, they, 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 they've already made the rule. Now now it's like, okay, you're in that division. You're not going to fight anybody, but you're in that division. You can't you can't cross over and fight in, in the normal rankings. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's. So I think it just... that That's kind of what it is. People are looking at it like, oh, this is so progressive. No, it's not. It's 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 getting in front of it and moving them to their own their own location. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure a lot of the... Uh, uh, the very very progressive people might be mad about that decision. Actually, if you we'll really see think if it actually, it. we'll see if it happens. And and if I mean, there's a bunch of other different sanctioning bodies, and like it's not WBC isn't the only one. So it could get pop up where it could be on a on a card that's has a IBF or WBO or the million other ones. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I I saw that in the news last week, and I didn't exactly know what to think of it. And I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But if it does. At least the WVC is prepared for it. Sure. You got anything else? No, that was the last one. Okay, the hardest one, one at the end. I thought that was, yeah. <laughs> close, close with that one. <laughs> uh, good show. I uh, got to a lot of topics. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. Fight preview. Chris Eubank is back. Liam Smith is back. Who knows? We'll have some. That's more. a fun fight. It is a very fun, a fun fight. fight. It's a, a fun it's, fight. Fun fight in the afternoon here in the States on regular DAZN. Uh, it should do good numbers over in the in the UK. I'm happy for Eubank. You know, like, guy handled that whole situation with Ben. Like, I think he came out on top in that one. Obviously, would have liked to fight, I, fight him. But I think he came out with I, more fans, more adulation. I want to watch him fight, see what he's going to do next. So, I'm, I'm interested. I in agree. That, but... He handled it like a gentleman and like a champion. And I think his stock has risen because of it. it sucks because he didn't get the fight and he didn't get that payday. But it's nice to see him getting back into the ring, not too far off, um, back in his, his normal weight class. All right, that's our show. See you next week. Remember, keep your hands up at all times. Protect yourselves. Stay out of the DMs. <laughs>